Warning. This podcast may create a tingling sensation in your no-no private sexy areas. Yo! Are we in? We're in. Okay, good. In like Flint. In it to win it. And it like Eskimos. Oh, that's ignorant. <laughs> My bad. Um, so sorry, Eskimos. Didn't mean to offend you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm oh, right. So here we are. Go ahead. Right Send us horrible emails. Month 37 in 2020 of COVID 19 and remote, remote distancing podcasting. Our favorite. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So today's episode the movies that made us. I'm going to call it part one. Because we're not including horror movies. Oh, that's I mean, right. Horror movies. Sorry, I said horror. We yeah, had that horror, even we had you, that horror discussion. Yeah, it's like it's not horror. It's whore. Whore. You gotta say, you gotta say it like Danny DeVito. I'm gonna marry that dirty whore. <laughs> oh my god! I just anytime like Danny DeVito is one of those rare actors that I can almost hear that little gravelly voice that comes out of him. It's so funny. <laughs> Like, I just remember going back to Taxi. I can't believe I'm even bringing that up. It's not a movie, so we're not really going to. This isn't an episode about Taxi, but. Yeah. I but, used but, to but watch I mean, that. Well, I did, too. But look at how many great people were in that. I mean, Christopher Lloyd was in it, too. So, I mean, you know. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you, I mean, you had you had fucking Danny DeVito, Tony Danza. You oh, had, yeah. You had, the you had the comedic mastermind of Andy Kaufman. And I know a lot of people will be like, ah, Andy yeah. Kaufman was that great. Fuck you. He was a genius. He was yeah. he was be, he was before his time. He was more of a performance artist than just a straight up comedian. Yeah, this, this but, the, what could happen if he had still been around, man. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, like you said, you had uh, Christopher Lloyd. You had uh, Mary Lou. I think it was yeah, Mary Lou Hebner. Uh, yeah, you had Carol Kane on there for a little while. You know, uh, who went on to become Billy Crystal's witch wife in The Princess Bride. Uh, he was oh. Lot, she was Lotka Gravitz's uh, girlfriend. So I mean, you had think about a lot of the talent that a lot of people that uh, you know you remember more from the you know from the eighties as far as like more sitcoms and movies got their start with fucking Taxi. Judd Hirsch, man, did you say Judd, Judd Hirsch? Hirsch? Oh my god, yeah. Like I, Rhea Perlman was in it. Like, dude, I'm like going through real Perlman, right now. I think she was uh, she was Cheers. No, she was in it as well, but I don't think she was, was in she? many episodes. Seven episodes, yeah. I'm going through the IMDb on it, so I'm going to Oh, so I'm you're start cheating. I... <laughs> but you didn't know this, but – oh, I can't say that because I don't reveal my real name on this podcast. But um, anyways, but somebody with my real last name is uh, was on that show for three episodes uh, in 1982 to 1983. I'm wondering if he's like the same age, too. Oh, he's five years older than I am, so – He's closer to your age than he is my age. So, <laughs> but anyway, so he's man. still old. Old as balls. <laughs> balls. Balls are old. Um, like, is they're wrinkly? Uh, well, I, well I not so. they're not all wrinkly. I mean, if you, I mean, so, if, you've ever, if you've ever watched porn, I mean, some of them are quite smooth. But, but see, that's the thing. So, what at what age is it is it acceptable to realize if somebody's balls aren't wrinkly, then there might be something wrong with them. Anyways, back to the movies that made us. 
<laughs> oh, this isn't our porn podcast. No, this is going that. in a completely different direction. Everybody, <laughs> everybody that was waiting for us to talk about the movies that made us, we're going to get there. But as you know, this is kind of a fuck around, and we we're we're like children. We lose oh, focus God. very very quickly. And like you like you probably don't know this is that if you hear me stop talking at any given moment, I'm probably watching a movie in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Or answering text messages. You know, like or... like right now, it's the Riff Tracks version of House on Haunted Hill. Nice, nice. <laughs> oh Jesus. Um, all right, so yeah, man. I mean, I we were kind of talking about this in, in pre-show, you know kind of if it's a decades thing or like kind of what got us started or, you know, and I, I guess like I want to kind of preface it. And I didn't even talk about this in our little pre pre-gaming that we do, but I think kind of thinking about the movies, like when we grew up going to the movies compared to grow, going to the movies now. Yeah. It's a completely different animal. I mean, different animal. And I think when we were growing up and I think maybe just because of our, our economic, you know, class that we grew up in might have been yeah. one of the things, you know, working class families and, you know, and all that stuff. Movies were movies. not, an, it wasn't a week, it wasn't an every weekend thing. It was a treat. It was, a, it was yeah. something that, uh, and the thing is, I, it's surprising that it's not more so nowadays considering the cost. Oh my God. I mean, because I don't, you know, I, we, with so we should research, I've never really paid any attention to, what the inflation rate is now and then, if it's kind of kept its own, I'm sure it's gone up. Well, yeah, it's time. like when we were discussing like Star Wars figures, well, Star talking Wars figures, about, yeah. you know, it was like we were talking about like when they first came out as to when, you know, like, like, like fucking six years later when, uh, when you hit Jedi and it was like, okay, now they've gone up in price because of the popularity and the, the profitability. But the thing is, it's like going to the movies back then, um, I mean, it, it was it was a treat. It was like, okay, we're going to do this on your birthday. We're going to take you to see a movie. Uh, you know, hey, yeah. uh, you know, mom and you know, mom and I were thinking uh, it's been a long time since we've gone to the movies. Let's go. Let's go see a movie. I mean, it, it wasn't one of those things like I can do now, where it's like I, I map out the summer, which of course I can't do it this summer because none of the none, none of the tentpole movies, none of the big blockbusters are going to be here. They're nope. all gonna. They're all been pushed back. Late summer, August, I think, is the the first real big one, isn't it? Wonder Woman got moved to August. Yeah, and it's, uh, so. it's I mean, it's. I guess I'm kind of glad that they did it that way, as opposed to trying to show them on on demand, like they're like they tried to do with like the Invisible Man and, uh, oh, like 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 there's just, there's just been like a handful of them. Like what was weird was Bloodshot. You can only get it to buy. But the Invisible Man, you could get to rent or to buy. I think it was, but it was really crazy. In each case, it was twenty dollars, which is outrageous if you're just one person. Now, yeah. granted, let's say that yeah. you know, like you've got you've got the huge family. Okay, it's for just me to watch it for nineteen bucks to rent. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I'll wait until it comes out on DVD. Yeah, that's well. That's, that, you know, I, I say DVD. That's dated, but it's yeah. like it's like saying buying <laughs> on VHS. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy it on VHS. I'm gonna play it. On like, I'll, I'll buy it when it comes out on the like uh you know Blu-ray or 4K. Yeah, if I'm gonna spend twenty bucks. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, we rented that uh, the Trolls World Tour movie. You know, kids are yammering and all that, and wife was like, "Dude, you're gonna pay twenty dollars to rent that?" I'm like, "Dude, it would have been sixty dollars to take the kids." 
Yeah. Really? Like, really? And then, Not you know, to mention, you can pause it. Food. Yeah. You can pause it, it, have bathroom breaks. Well, you had two uh, days to watch it, but that's the thing that kind yeah. of worked my nerves. Paid twenty, almost $21 to rent it, which, again, still not bad. But the little turds only watched it once. I'm like, huh, you guys had, like, you could watch this, like, in, on loop, on repeat. You know, you, yeah, like, but, you but try getting the YouTubers. Try getting to sit, try to get the, try to get in and watch it to actually get, sit down and watch it one time all the way through. If you do that, you're lucky. Yeah. Well, because that, that was easy you got them, you got them at home. Well, you got them at home. I mean, you know, there's so many other distractions. It's like, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go play video games. It's like, no, you're going to come here. You're going to watch this because daddy paid 20 fucking dollars. <laughs> it's, it's the whole, like, you know, getting into it as well. And the whole, uh, you know, it's not YouTube. I know it's not as exciting as a lame YouTuber, but you know, or watching people play Roblox. It's like, ha, all day. look at me! I'm playing video games on YouTube. Ha, look at me! I'm making stupid videos for YouTube. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you're a YouTuber that makes money off of, uh, if if you're a vi- if you're a video maker that makes like money off of YouTube, shame on you, and shame on shame to all the people that fucking gave you that popularity. Really, I, I mean, I, I, some of it I get, but some of it I don't. Like I've never, like I never got that. Even with a couple of the older like, kids, when they like were the watching fucking PewDiePie guy, it's like really. Uh, I mean, I, I see some value in it, but I don't see not, any. And the thing is, people might say you're an old like fuck. No, I'm not an old fuck. It's just because it's there's no real value to it. It's like you're you're letting this person become famous just because they're on fucking YouTube. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> Anybody can be on fucking YouTube. Uh, all right, but now I'm sitting here thinking like, oh crap, we gotta get back on track, or Lisa's gonna be like, oh yeah, my god, first ten oh minutes, god. oh my, oh my god, first ten minutes, and they got completely away from the movies that made them because I was so interested in that to begin with. <laughs> but anyways, man. Anyways, so, back to it. Uh, but anyways, back to I, the movie I, experience. I well, yeah, the movie experience. So I mean, that was the big thing. Like you know, like you show up, and the nice thing was it was really never crowded to go to the movies. Like. I used to go to Cherry Tree on the east side of Indianapolis, and that's where we saw a lot of them. There was a place in Greenwood, too. I don't even remember where that one was. I just remember Cherry Tree because it was Cherry Tree, and that's where a lot of people used to go. Now you don't go to Cherry Tree because you might get shot. But um, anyway, well, so. I remember for us, it was uh, – we were actually kind of – I mean, I, I hate to make it sound like we were spoiled for choice in Fort Wayne because, uh, you know, I mean, Fort Wayne, you know, I, I don't care what anybody says about Fort Wayne. I still don't think it's going to grow to be the city that they want it to be. No, I never but was. but when I was a kid, uh, if it was summertime, you had the East Thirty Drive in out in New Haven, which was yeah. really really cool. You know, I mean, you know, I love, I still love the idea of the drive-in. You know, you just yeah. go out there, you turn on the speaker, you can bring your own, you can bring your own popcorn and soda. What are they going to do? They're going to they're going to police it. You know, they never did back then. They're not going to do it now. Now, granted, they make their money through the concessions there because they figure most people aren't going to go to the trouble. But me, I'm a scab. I'll bring my shit. Right, right. Uh, you know, then there was uh, Northwood Cinemas out on yeah. uh, Stellhorn and Maplecrest. There was Northwood Plaza. There was actually back in the corner of the plaza. That little, uh, yeah, yeah down from Target. Too. You know, down. You know, you uh, you see where the Target the Target store is. You go to the left from the front of the Target all the way down to the middle. All the way down uh, to the corner where it forms that L, and back in a hallway back in there, it led into Northwood Cinemas. And you had, I think it was two screens there. That's a Cinema uh, Grill, I think, isn't it? Can yeah, it's, it was a Cinema Grill. It, it was a Cinema Grill at one time. I'm not sure if it still is. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't lived there in so long. I couldn't tell you. 
Uh, you go to Glenbrook Mall. They had Glenbrook Cinemas there. You go to yeah. Southtown Mall. You had, you had cinemas there. Yeah. Uh, and you had the Holiday 1 and 2. And then they actually yep. expanded <laughs> it a little bit into, uh, I think that they opened five smaller uh, five smaller screens further down the way. Actually, maybe it wasn't quite that many, but all I remember is that at first it was Holiday 1 and 2, and they were big screens in just one big building had these art deco uh, light fixtures. It was, I mean, they actually had in the lobby, they actually had like a sitting room with a fireplace. You would have big standees there and you, you know, uh, you could go in and sit down and wait while you're waiting for the screenings to let out. You know, it, it was, it was just a really different experience than it is today where, now you prepay for your ticket, you grab the seat you want online, like you're paying for any event that you go to nowadays, like if it's a concert or a comedy act or something like that, that takes place at a theater or uh, at a stadium or something like that. You know, just you, pre- you prepay for your ticket, you go in, you sit down, and you watch the movie. Back then, you had to basically, you know, scope out the theater as you're walking in, see if there were enough seats in a row to actually accommodate <laughs> you and your family. Get everyone they, in it, yep. In Holiday 1, they actually had something called a crying room, which was a glass-enclosed room with a speaker that piped in sound. So when people brought their whiny, crying brats like they shouldn't do, <laughs> right. you, could put them, you could put them in the crying room. And I'm not talking about just the kids. I mean, you don't just throw the child in there and the mommy and daddy go sit off by themselves and say, oh, they'll be fine in the room by themselves. <laughs> I mean, it was the 80s. <laughs> no, mommy or daddy... Got to go in there with the little shit rat and say, okay, well, I got to watch this movie with you crying in my ear the entire time because I couldn't find a babysitter. Yeah, I said shit rat. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like definitely different times. And that's like you said, even like the drive-in. Like I remember going a few times. I don't remember what drive-in I went to um, growing up. I, I don't think it was the Tibbs, but it could have been. It I, probably I, was. If, were you like on the west side? No, southeast side. So it probably—I don't know. I don't remember where we were driving. Southeast side. Yeah, that's kind of where I, kind of close to where I grew up. So not sure, Um, but I know I know they got Tibbs out on the west side. uh, The only problem I got with the Tibbs drive-in—it's—it's not a bad drive-in, but the thing is, screens are kind of small. Just saying. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that's still a challenge. I think for a lot of them, and I think sometimes since we're all spoiled as moviegoers, um, it's kind of screwed some of that up. You know what I mean? So. Um, but I guess like the other thing, man, like, so, you know, you went, you got, did all that, you got your tickets, you did all that stuff. And I, I, there just wasn't as much cause you still have all the advertisements, which that's how, you know, the movies theaters pay for all that stuff. And, you know, it just seemed like it was, you went in, there were commercials for out. movies on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was I remember totally we'd be, you know, my mom and so. dad would be listening to WoWo or Magic or WMEE in Fort Wayne or uh, The Bear or 104. You, you listen to them, and the thing is, have a station break, and there would be a commercial this summer. Exactly, you know? <laughs> like one of those, like coming out, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's just such such an oddity that how how that whole landscape changed. Which I mean, I'm not gonna argue that it's not for the better, maybe, but. You know, it's always just funny to look back and to talk about that. Yeah, but it's so just, many it, people. Yeah, it's it's crazy how the times have changed. You know, and so many people don't don't know and they don't get it because they, you know, especially those few. Well, 
we have a few people that are a little bit younger than us that listen to us and yeah I hope. they just they don't they don't get it so you know when you, when you start looking at that like oh wow you used to have to go down like that so and now you uh now you actually go to like the fandango side or you go to like the regal or the amc side or you know or you go to the website i remember you know i remember back when i was a kid it was the uh it was the entertainment entertainment section of the newspaper yeah yeah, you oh, would go dude, in there. Always get into that. Yeah, it was like every week I would check. And... Yeah, I, I would check to see uh, what was coming out, and sometimes you would have the color ads. But the thing yep. is, you knew you knew exactly how long a movie had been out by the time, by a certain point, because you know you had the big ads for the other movies, and all of a sudden it got to the point where it was like, well, this movie's been out for like about a month or two now, so now all it has is like the little time in the little like uh, like the little schedule of movies that they would show for the particular. Uh, theater and that would be the only kind of uh, advertisement that it got was actually that it was on the schedule of movies to be shown and that was it so it was like okay you've been out for two months we're still going to show that you're being shown but we're not going to put an ad in the paper for you anymore right yeah it, it was always funny how that would go so i mean so i mean thinking back like <sighs> And I guess the, there's a couple reasons why the I would I would personally say the movies made me is a obviously the movies because you know mm. I think the the first real one I can really go back and remember seeing is Return of the Jedi which a lot of people within our age range kind of remember that like my best friend growing up like he he says he remembers going to see Empire and I'm like dude you're crazy we were barely like three years old by then so. But he may have. I don't know. Some people have those weird abilities to have the memories back then. But well, you know, I don't remember seeing it when it came out. But uh, yeah. for me, it was a new hope. Yeah. Okay. See, that's, that's now like the big one too. So when it came out, I don't remember seeing it because it was '77. I was. Uh, I don't even think I was even three years old at the time when it. Uh, Yeah, I, was yeah, like I don't think I was sold when it came out. <laughs> I was I was like two and some change. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it was I was two going on about three. Okay. And my parents and uh, I think my parents and my brother went and saw it, and I think they might have taken me along. But the thing was, I don't remember it because you know when they went and saw it for the first time, it was actually at a theater. My uncle Russell had said. To my parents, I said, there's this movie. It's called Star Wars. You've got to see it. Right. And they went to see it. But the thing is, I remember when we went and saw it in uh, the re-release the following summer at the drive-in. Okay. Because I didn't remember having seen it when I was, you know, a year younger, just slightly younger. But it was – I was actually four at the time, and I remember it was later in summer – And we're sitting there, my brother and I, being brats as we were, you know, you know, uh, throwing popcorn and just about to spill yeah. our soda. We were eating, uh, I think it was, it was called Moon Dust. It was Moon Dust or Space Dust. So it wasn't Pop Rocks. No, yeah, it was. It was, it was the same thing. Only it was, it was, it was ground smaller in the dust, and rather yep. instead of the Pop Rocks. Yep. Okay, I remember because the Pop Rocks just said Pop Rocks. It had like the little explody, like little. Uh, things all over the front of it like the little uh oh like little icons like you know making it look like you know pop rocks like a little like 
cartoon explosion on the front. Yeah, like a little explosion. Moon Dust like, actually Jesus. had like the smiling moon on it, and it was it actually had orange flavor. That was my favorite. And we would pour that into our soda and sit in there to listen to it sizzle and pop and just kind of effervesce. So it's like, you know, yeah, it's super carbonated now because we've thrown this shit in there. And of course, you know, we're sitting there, we're being little little brats, and all of a sudden the 20th Century Fox fanfare comes up, and my brother and I, boom, eyes locked on the screen. Yeah. And then it came up, bam, Star Wars, you know, and it that fades off in the, the distance, horns. and then the crawl begins. And my brother and I sat there speechless until the end credits. And I think and my you parents probably yammered to... the whole time. <laughs> yeah, we, we did not we did not say one one word. And my parents, I think they were just sitting there relishing the fact that somehow something had caused us to not speak a word to the entire movie for once. <laughs> yeah, it's that's uh, amazing when you get something that can do that. Like, you know, but I was hooked. Now. Yeah, after that, I was hooked. And that and that's I, mean, I think. And I think, you know, that obviously, in, in it's, it's been said a million times because of all the, the literal studies that have been done, but then also just all the, the media coverage about how Lucas and that whole just marketing scheme just worked. And he, he was there at the right time, the right place. Cinema was in a weird spot. There was nothing like it. He threw in those toys, and it got the whole Gen X crowd kind of wrapped up in it because – and, and some of the boomers will say it's their movie, but I don't. I don't really think so. No. I think it helped tie them together, and I think it really helps the fandom of the geekdom, like you say. But I and I'm going to be selfish about our generation. I really truly think it's a Gen X movie, yeah, because of the fact that we were the young. It kind of helped bring things in, and you really just start seeing it as you go on, and you start seeing filmmakers like your, as we always talk about your Kevin Smiths or. You know some of the others that are bringing in, and they'll they'll talk about. I mean, yeah, show me a fucking Kevin Smith film where there's no Star Wars tied. Yeah, to no it. Star Wars reference. Yeah, I mean, and not even just that, but just from even comics to, and, and then even TV media and music. I mean, music is even influenced by it. So you know, you have freaking MC Chris. You know, he raps about Boba Fett. So it's you know, and it's I'm trying to think back things. to the uh, the, the first uh, Clerks movie. I can't remember uh, who did the song, but uh, you know. Uh, Oh, Chewbacca. Yeah, Chewbacca. <laughs> what a Wookiee! You know. I love that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, So that's that's the thing. I think it's why, and it's it's funny, and it seems kind of cliche that would even bring that up, and it would be one of our, the first movies we introduced into this segment, but it it's what one of the movies that made us, because yeah. look at it all It was the, the thing that gave me the fascination for movies to begin with. I mean, I swear. Yeah. I would not have wanted to start studying. I mean, I've, I am a lifelong student of film i've studied it before i went to college because i lived in a podunk area growing up that all we had was cable in the summer basically in the summertime this is what it consisted of okay you wake up you have breakfast you either ride your bike or start watching cable you either do one or the other but the thing is you alternated it all during the day because Woodburn, Indiana was a podunk piece of shit little town, or I should say, <laughs> sorry, smallest city in Indiana that really didn't have anything to offer to the kids. It really didn't. I think that there was one arcade sometimes where some of the sketchier, like older kids hung out. Yeah. Uh, we had this place called the Dairy Suite, which was a local uh, 
ice cream place. We, you know, we called it the dairy gag. Um, <laughs> you had the park where you could go ahead and play around on some rickety ass, again, sketchy kind of uh, playground equipment. You want tetanus or possibly to, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. go ahead, play on that shit. But basically, no, there was awful. really nothing to offer. You could ride around, play with whatever friends you had. If you had a, if you had a pool in your yard, it was likely going to be above ground. You might swim yep. in that for a little while. But the thing is, you filled your days with whatever little things, and you intermixed it with, once we got cable in Woodburn, you watched cable TV, and you watched the movies on there. And that was what we did, is my brother and I pretty much just watched, you know, Cinemax, uh, Showtime, HBO, because those are the big ones. We didn't have the Disney Channel because that was an extra thing at that point. You actually had to buy a box, another converter, yep. all by itself to get the Disney Channel. Yeah, any of that stuff. And I, I, I didn't grow up like I, my grandparents had like a real chintzy satellite because that's how I actually got to see A New Hope for the first time. We had HBO. And and it it popped on, and I don't know how old I was, but I only saw them like every other weekend. But dude, I will tell you, every other weekend I was at their house, man, I was constantly like, okay, can we watch Star Wars? Can we watch Star Wars? And, and that was some of the things that we would do. So I don't know how many times I had seen a new hope when I was a kid. And then you know that's part of where that's the whole marketing thing is with the whole Kenner story and all that stuff, because then you got toys. When you got the action figures, and then when you did get to hang out with your friends, kind of like in our little pre, pre-talk we were doing before the show, you still played with other kids. Yeah. Like it was almost like that way it brought you together with other kids. And it's funny because it brought you together with other kids that were more like you. Yeah, because they, they had the understanding of the fascination for those particular movies. Yeah, so it kind of helped everyone kind of find their own little geek friends. But Star Wars was kind of weird, too, because I do kind of remember Star Wars – and at our age, you know, we were younger age, not so many of the kids were broken down as much as they were as we got into the later 80s when we started getting in our adolescent years. Because yeah. then that's when, like, oh, that's geek stuff. That's lame. I don't like that. And I was still like, dude, I'm smashing over here with my Thundercats and, you know, my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff and all that stuff. So you can go do your, and don't forget your G.I. Joe stuff. shit and. Yeah, and your Joe stuff. So. And, your, and your mask stuff. Don't forget mask. Oh, dude, man. Uh, we're, we're, we'll do a whole show, ladies and gentlemen, on <laughs> 80s toys because that, that's like a whole other show. So 80s toys, 80s cartoons. But so I think going from Star Wars, like what was the next movie that really got you like hooked into like a movie that was that's part of your psyche? Like that's part I think of this, what I think I jumped up. from uh, – I think I jumped from Star Wars, something that was so sci-fi and albeit from a, you know, a, a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away, still, you know, seeming very, very futuristic. Uh, I jumped from Star Wars to uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, to the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I, I don't think, well, see, see, for me, it was Temple of Doom. I never saw Raiders of the Lost Ark until late 80s. Yeah, see, but, the, but the thing is, decade, I mean, you know, there's, there, there's, a couple, there's a couple years between us here. So it's like, I mean, yeah. I, like, uh, I'm 45, you're what, 42, 43? 43. So it's amazing what two years in time. Yeah, exactly. But, the, but that's just it. Period. It's like, you know, uh, well, even for me, for Star Wars, it's like I had, it wasn't until a year later that I actually legitimately saw it, even though I went to it with my parents and I got to, you know, it's like, 
uh, they didn't have to pay for a ticket for me because I was still young enough. It's like, you know, children under a certain yeah. age go free. And it's like, well, that's good because I don't remember shit about it because I was too young to actually pay much attention to the fucking screen. So it's a good thing a year later they took me. <laughs> but uh, but for me, I, I went right into uh, Indiana Jones. So Yeah, Temple of Doom really, really stagged me, you know, and I think, you know, and a lot of it's just a whole adventure, you know, like, and and it's funny because we you know since we're gonna do a whole TV show, but or the whole TV show segment. Sorry, we're not doing a TV show, people. We don't yeah, have that kind of time. We don't want and, you to see our faces. Anyone, that would definitely only be on YouTube, anyways, because no no right minded studio would ever pick us up. But um, but you know, it's one so. Of those if there's any like, studios out there that are not in their right minds, <laughs> we're game. <laughs> but you know, um, I, I like Indiana Jones, and, and honestly. Um, the Lone Ranger, kind of a weird thing since you know I said we're not going to talk TV, but that was kind of intermingled. That, that, that was another one though that I I was kind of kind of hold back on because that that Lone Ranger movie that came out in the eighties. Yeah, I guess it, you did have that. It was it was like a one off type thing, and it was like they could have done so much with it, but it just seemed like it stumbled out of the gate, and it was one of those things that either people took it or left it. But it was it was that whole adventure type thing, like you're talking about. That I think really snagged us. And what I think the only reason why I bring it up is because you know, I have a cousin that's your age, and him and I were, even though we're like second cousins, we're more like we were more like distant brothers. Because you know, we were we played sports together and we loved the same shows, and he lived on a farm in a remote part of Indiana that didn't have really really easy means to getting TV or any kind of media because he lived up on a hill where he didn't get crap. And it's funny because that's what we would play. So much like for having the, to, so much for the advantage of the high ground, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we would find rope and either act like it was a whip and like be Indiana Jones and we'd be doing that kind of stuff and swinging through barns with it and doing stupid. Oh, I don't dude, know how I'm alive, my, my, but, I didn't know. even have to pretend. My dad actually had a horse whip and a bull whip in the basement. Nice. From when uh, they had horses. Let's see. That's awesome. They had horses when uh, when when he was younger, and they lived down at this uh, lake property in uh, in Brown County. They actually had horses, so there was actually this like tan uh, horse whip, and then this even this longer like brown bull whip. And of course, you know, there I am having just seen Indiana Jones, and of course, you know, I played in the basement a lot. I went down there because in the summertime it'd be nice and cool down there. And one day I found this whip, and I'm lashing it around like. Woohoo! Trying to make the thing snap when I do it, and it snapped all right, right upside my head. Nice. <laughs> and my dad, my mom and dad come home, and they like they, they immediately begin grilling my brother. Like, what did you do to your brothers? Like, I did that to myself. <laughs> How did you do uh, with this? And I showed dad the bullwhip, and he's like, "Oh God!" And he got he got the he knew right away where it came from. Indiana Jones. <laughs> He says, you're not Indiana Jones. Don't play with this anymore. That's awesome. <laughs> I, think it's, I think I still it. have them around here somewhere. <laughs> I think I still have them around here somewhere, too. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> man. Um, so, no, that's not COVID, folks. Um, it's allergies. If you hear either one of us coughing, yeah, people, allergies. Do remember? It rained last night, and oh, my God, I'm just trash. Remember, so. not all who cough have COVID. Allergies do cause it, too, because you get post-nasal drainage, and it causes you to cough. So if, yeah. you, if you see somebody coughing in the grocery store, 
fine, keep that distance away, but don't just assume they have COVID. Back to the show. Uh, yeah. So and I, I think, I guess for me, moving on, um, there's, there's two, well, kind of three. And I don't know. I mean, we could, I don't want to, you can't classify Ghostbusters as horror, but. Well, but you, uh, stuff horror comedy. I mean, I mean, if you think about right. it. Right. Like, so I, I'm going to shelf that one for the next discussion. Okay. There's, there's three more, I think three, and there's probably dozens. And I think you and I both could go to dozens. I'm going to, I'm, I'm lying. I'm going to call it four. So I'm going to throw in a B movie and, and I would say probably Ultraman or Godzilla because I didn't discover either one of those until obviously Godzilla when I was younger, Mm -hmm. but as I grew more and more like through the, the, my love of dinosaurs and sci-fi and just, just, just the weird fictional stuff. I, I, Ultraman and Godzilla both were, were like really great to me because they, yeah, it was a cheesy you know, Japanese rubber costumes and, you know, the, you know, the cheesy sets that they built and all that stuff, like for even Ultraman and everything. But, and Ultraman was like very late eighties, early nineties, but they were just different for me. So I, I really found a love of that type of the movie experience that I was like, Oh, you know, like a lot of people hate these movies, but they're just fun. And you get to see like really crazy stuff going on. And I guess it was, Again, going back as the set experience. So I was like, I always got into like, oh, that'd be really cool to build towns like that for all my action figures and then just blow shit up. <laughs> you know, because I used to play with fireworks from about the age of seven until now. You know, I lived in the country, so I was constantly playing with fireworks. I'm like, oh, I'd love to build little towns like that. But my parents would never let me build stuff like that. So kind of, I had to go to other people's houses to do anything like that. But, anyways, but you know, I think those were some. Some movies for me from the B experience that, you know, the B movies that aren't horror, because we'll get into that later, um, that I think really just kind of define who I am and, and and things that, especially like Godzilla, like even my kids now are even into, especially because they got the newer versions. And I've, I've like, you can't watch the new ones until you watch at least most of, not all of an old one, because you got to be able to appreciate where we're at now, not all the CGI shit, even though the new Godzilla looked amazing, but, you know, it is what it is. So. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I I know that people like to shit on the. I mean, I know people who work in the effects industry, like practical effects, and I know that they like to shit on all these movies. And the thing is, it's it's because of their love for the practical effects. But the thing is, yeah. Uh, while practical effects look great, sometimes they just aren't cost effective, and sometimes they're just not practical. I mean, they are practical in the yeah yeah they're practical the- effects. Because they're right. real effects. That's what you refer to a practical effect as, is one that's real, that is set up, and it's supposed to have an outcome that's supposed to, okay, it looks like somebody's getting their throat cut. Oh, my God, it looks like somebody's guts are spilling out. But yeah. the practicality or the logistical uh, efficacy of it, I guess I would say, you know, the actual efficiency of using those practical effects, it just isn't logistically possible in some cases right okay well because things are bigger now i mean look at the scale of all the movies you have now compared to the 80s movies and and some of them they can shoot on location so going back to that you know horror comedy movie about you know busting ghosts yeah look at where they filmed most of it you know they were able to do like a big grand thing like that and have that kind of live set you know and all those different you know locations 
just good location scouting. And that's what a lot of them had. And it's kind of going back now to, to one of the ones I know we're both probably going to say is, you know, if you look at Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Because that's one of the more mainstream movies that definitely, I think, made a lot of us. And I, and I don't care anyone listening and saying or whatever, like, oh, you guys are, like, really just on the jock of all this mainstream stuff. Like, stop looking at its balls. I'm like, no. Like, it, 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 if you really, truly think about those movies, they're very much movies that have made us. We'll get down the road with B-movies because I'm sure there's more low-key movies because, you know, us knowing each other. I know you're love for Lugosi and you know and all the different the universal oh I fucking love the uh, like, and all uh, that like stuff. the universal stuff I mean god you know like you, <clears throat> like you go back before that even to the silent stuff like uh the golem and I'm not I'm not talking like golem like oh precious oh yeah. you know my precious yeah. no I'm not talking about golem I'm talking about golem g-o-l-e-m the the large yeah. clay monster of uh Jewish lore okay you had the golem you had uh, Nosferatu which is fucking Dracula people that's what Nosferatu is. There's no difference between Nosferatu and Dracula. They're the same yeah. fucking person. The only reason why Nosferatu is named Nosferatu is because there was a copyright issue. Yep. Uh, Bram yep. Stoker's Bride did not want to give up the copyright to uh, to F.W. Murnau so he could shoot the film. So he made it. He basically made it almost you know scene for scene, word for word, changing the names. Okay, so all you people that say, no, no, Nosferatu is different from Dracula. Fuck you, I know differently. Don't debate me. You'll fucking lose. Okay, back to the uh, movies at hand. You know, it's like, yeah, I love The Wolfman. I love, I mean, actually, The Wolfman is probably my favorite of them all. But then again, <laughs> this is the discussion for next time. <laughs> yeah. So. Now, so, I mean. But you talk I, about, like, some of the other movies that, uh, you know, that, uh, like the B stuff that you're talking about, like now there were, you know, I, I think that I look at some of the comedies that came out of like the seventies and early eighties that kind of shaped my sense of humor. I'm thinking of things like, uh, you know, you had, you know, like fucking Caddyshack, you had meatballs. Oh yeah. Um, I was going to say meatballs. Yep. You had stripes. Uh, there was, there's one that a lot of people probably Uh. don't. There's, there's one that's kind of a uh, murder mystery, uh, comedy that a lot of people don't, probably don't know it's called murder by death it was a neil simon it had peter falk it had truman capote oh, it had uh david yeah. niven and maggie smith uh it had peter falk uh it had uh, james coco and uh i, I got it had, it had alec guinness in it but uh yeah a lot of people don't realize it was just, <laughs> it was it was a it was basically uh it was an indictment of of uh mystery writers Based on their inability to disclose information throughout the, the books that made it easy for the reader to actually solve the crimes within the book. So it's basically, you know, it's like people say, oh, that's a, there's plot holes in this movie. It's like, no, it's just shit that nobody explained. Nobody talked about it. It doesn't make it a plot hole. It just means that nobody talked about it. Uh, right, right. You can't uh, yeah. forget Clue. Clue was a great one. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. But you know it's funny that you bring up like, like Porky's and like some of those movies. Porky's, oh dude, my god! Growing up, my parents and, uh, and I guess I'm thinking like the other comedies, like so like the Monty Python movies and oh, like some of those. Don't forget Hollywood Nights. Did you ever see that one? I don't think I ever oh saw it. Oh my god! And if I did, I just oh don't my god. It, Tony but... Tony Danza, Michelle Pfeiffer, young Tony Danza, Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert Wall before he was in uh, Bull Durham or before he was in uh, 
Oh God, what was that? Uh, it was the one where he played the sports agent. God, what was the guy's name? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I could look it up on the internet, but I'm I'm way too lazy right now. I don't have my laptop open. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, and I, I I look back at some of these different movies. Like I never saw like really like I said the Monty Python movies, or I'm trying to think of another big kind of thing there. I mean, I saw Mel Brooks because obviously I saw Spaceballs in the theater. Loved it. That's that's probably one of the my my top ones that kind of has been in my sense of humor and you know my love for like that kind of comedy but it's amazing the stuff i saw and didn't see because of my parents inconsistencies having divorced parents really didn't help my movie experience sometimes but because one parent would let me watch anything i mean literally i mean i could probably watch porn when i was like eight because there was just no good parenting when it came to those you know, decisions and that kind of stuff. And then you got a parent that says, no, you can't watch any of this shit. They were, well, they were, they were like that, but they weren't like it. It was like really inconsistent on the, the stuff that they would let me watch. And they're like, oh, well, no, you can't watch that. Like if they had a boob in it, couldn't watch it. But if they had people getting their heads lopped off and their corpse getting raped, oh, okay, I could watch that. <laughs> so that was like some of the stuff until I got into the 90s that kind of screwed me over. So, but you know, I would say, I would say definitely um, Back to the Future, really, just because of time travel. Yeah. Um, the DeLorean and just the craziness and just the fact that, you know, it's it's Back to the Future. It, it's such a standout movie. Um, and then you, you throw in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Again, oh, absolutely. Time travel and all that. That movie. But the fact that it was a movie where they, they tied teenagers into it. That was the thing. Is It's like it was yeah. uh, they, the thing was. They knew what they were doing. They were making these more for the younger audience. The whole thing about time travel is obviously that uh, wide-eyed wonderment, you know, things like that. It's like, it's like, wow, you know, the possibilities. And the parents are probably like, yeah, that's bullshit. That's never going to happen. But, but look at what type of teenagers they were, too. Especially for us, I think what really stood out and what really made me like it so much is the fact that we're, we're Hoosiers. Yeah. And they were from San Dimas. Yeah. From California. And, you know, what and Hill Valley, be Hill Valley California. California. Yeah, it's like yeah, Hill Valley, all that stuff, man. Like it, it was, you know, it's kind of oh, excuse me, kind of funny because it's like it's almost like they didn't want to try doing any of that stuff in in like you know more of a rural state. And honestly, I was just what was I just watching? Oh, it was Goonies. Let's try not to get off the subject, but they actually I was actually going to bring Goonies up for the Goonies next, to, next one. Yeah, they wanted Goonies to be part of Ohio. Like, that's where they wanted to do it. And they're like, yeah, it wouldn't have worked. I was just watching something the other day with the cast of it doing a Zoom call. And I was like, oh, wow, that would have been, been whack as shit if it would have been in Ohio. Yeah, no kidding. It's so, like, you know, how the fuck is a pirate going to find his way to Lake Erie? Really? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what the hell is that? Is so, there an inlet that comes far enough inland to actually get to Lake Erie? <laughs> Uh, there might be, but that just wouldn't be plausible. I mean, we would have been dumb enough as kids to buy it, but I mean, I'm sorry. Really even cool. even when I'd Willie would have stayed away from what would in the future become Cleveland. Shit, he's like, no hell no. The Browns are going to end up there in a few hundred years. I'm not going to be there. So, uh, but yeah, I just saved the Browns because who cares? Yeah, um, I mean, really, who the fuck does know, care? And I think like, and, and and it's it's also funny because going back to the beginning of the podcast, talking about the movie going experience, these are a lot of these movies are ones I saw in the theater, and I think, I think if I would have seen them at home, would they have resonated as much? Yes, but back in the eighties, you didn't buy nearly as many movies no. as you buy now. You you taped you them off of fucking HBO. Them and that was it. 
Yeah, you took. Well, if you had, I mean, like, said, if, if I you had, had, if you had a VCR, intermittent HBO in my life, if yep. you had a VCR, I had yeah. VCRs. That was never a problem. But it was the fact that you just never, you know, like, like I just because I where I lived in that time, and even kind of still now, you really couldn't get good cable service. You had to have satellite, and satellite was way more expensive than it ever has been now. And just even throw on like any of the special channels, like HBO Showtime. Yeah, you're. I don't even know what the prices were. I'd have to ask my grandpa what they used to pay back then. I think actually my dad and them splitting. My dad lived at home for a little bit um, in the '80s. Like I remember growing up and you know and trying to get a house or whatever, and and it was just funny, like like doing that. So I think you know those are some of the big ones. And then another really big one for me is uh is weird science because it's kind of got that yes but we're, we're but we're, we're getting ready to invade the uh the john hughes territory here which i was gonna yep. allude, allude well, to here pretty soon, but, uh, other, yeah. like i don't even but think we're gonna touch john i'll hughes. tell you what for me in the 80s a lot of it was the chevy chase stuff yep chevy chase, you know he, he uh, had uh spies like us yeah he had spies like us he had fletch you had uh Oh god! Modern That's problems. Yeah, vacation. Yeah, the vacation movies. Uh, you had Foul Play with he and uh, he and uh, Goldie Hawn did a couple of movies. One was Foul Play, and the other one was Seems Like Old Times. Um, but the thing is, I mean, he was he was just very bankable, and you know, at the time, still very handsome, kind of uh, leading man slash comedic actor. That they could just. You know, you throw him up there, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's Bill. Mur- it's a Bill Murray guy. It's uh, it's Chevy Chase. It's, it's Chevy Chase. You know, it's going to be a hit. And that's the same. Yeah, but they go, it's the same it thing with uh, Bill Murray. It's like you know that you had a hit, like with like uh, with Meatballs and Stripes, and uh, you know, you know, of course, then later with uh, Ghostbusters, it's just uh, you know they were very bankable because they were part of the SNL crew. Yeah, that weird kind of like I, I I'm trying to. Finding a different like way of saying it, but it's almost like that whole like it's like a cult of comedians. You know what I mean? Like it was like almost like some secret society of comedians that you knew if they put a movie out, you were gonna love it. Yeah, you know, and it was it was gonna be a huge hit. And it's just the writing, I think, was just different. You know what I mean? It, yeah, you might look at it now. Sometimes the kids will look at it and be like, oh, that's kind of corny and or whatever, but. But you but know, really, is it? We've we've, or is it just too smart? For we've people? glossed over a couple of really, really big movies though that that really have have definitely probably shaped us both still. Because again, that whole like fascination with uh, with like with, I'm just gonna say it. Okay, I'm gonna go there, especially with like <laughs> alien culture, Close yeah. Encounters, and ET. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So Close Encounters for me was an odd one because I don't remember it. And it kind of freaked me out a little bit as a kid. It did me, too, because and... of the fact that we lived in rural Indiana and a, and, the, and the alien abduction of that little boy happened. It was supposed to happen in fucking Muncie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that was always kind so of that weird. kind of creeped then... me out when I was a kid, even though, you know, it was California Hills standing in for fucking Muncie, Indiana. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know, uh, but you know, you got you got Richard Dreyfus wearing a fucking Ball State University shirt, and he's in the suburbs of fucking California. But hey, you know what? They were still trying to be inclusive. <laughs> Remember, Haddonfield, Illinois, yeah. was shot in fucking California too. So, 
Yeah, no joke. Well, that's like E.T. Um, you know, and I, I I don't even understand how we both we got this far and didn't bring that up. So that's that was even on my list. So and I don't understand how I missed it because again, another movie going experience, dude. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. You know you wanted to see that shit, yeah. so you bugged your parents to go do it. And you know, come Christmas time, you got a shit ton of merchandise from it. Like I had an E.T. stuff, like a plush. I had like a Michael Jackson E.T. thing. I don't even remember what the hell that was all about. But like, there's all kinds of like. Or you weird get the you get the one that had the little like glowing that. belly, like, like uh, you know, it had a glowing finger, or it had the little glowing tummy on it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and all the, and of course, metal lunchboxes, which are made their way back around. But, you know, the, the one other, um, to, and, and this is going to, when you talk about E.T., literally, I'm not even doing this on purpose. It's, it's, it's like, it's like Pavlov's Law. You say E.T., you say the Atari 2600 game. Ugh. Because if you didn't play that game when you were a kid, you're not a gamer. Like, I tell any, especially kid now, that's never, like, when I say kid, someone that's, you know, in their 30s or even younger, I'm like, oh, you, know, you ever played Atari 2600? Like all these people, they're like, oh, I'm a gamer, I'm a gamer. I'm like, bro, you're a new school gamer, yes, but I'm a gamer. Like I've been playing games longer, twice as long as you've been alive. I've been, you know, okay, 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 okay. Go, that, no, wait, 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 wait. Before you get too far into this whole gamer thing, I want to say that you're not a real gamer unless you've actually played Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, motherfuckers. That's what got me played that international sport thing where you had the little twisty knobs at either end. I can Odyssey couldn't unplug the controller yep. system. They were hardwired to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I played ColecoVision. I played Intellivision. I and, played and fucking Atari 2600 and 7200. Yep. No, 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 no. See, I, I didn't go up the line in Atari. My, my best friend did. And that's the one system I never went up the line. Yeah, yeah, I think I played it as well, but I had a, a 2600 and a, a ColecoVision with the Atari 2600 adapter. I don't think I... You said that. Are we still there? Bueller? Okay. Yeah, I think we're getting a bad connection. So, as you're listening to us, folks, enjoy that. Enjoy bad connection. Yeah, the random, the random hello in the bank of silence in the during COVID. Why did you just say uh, hello? Oh, maybe because the other guy's not talking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's funny. I always but the thing is, we get to but anyway, like, add a little bit more time on the at the like end that, you know, I had of that whole... little bit of uh, silence in the middle. So fuck you, anybody that doesn't like us going over time. Um, but you know, I think that's one of the big things. Is like again, all the merchandising tie-ins and and but like ET for me, man. Like again, space, aliens, some comedy. Oh, when I met, I met or something in that movie. Like, no, it was penis breath. Little kid saying dickweed. I remember because when I met when I met Henry Thomas past September, yeah, I'm thinking of a different movie. I actually had him do a video for me that says it was nothing like that penis breath. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you know, and I think there's just so much of that that you get into there, and and uh, I don't know, like. It's just funny to see what those movies have done. And it, it'd always be really cool to do the whole multiverse thing and be able to step into another dimension, you know, another multiverse and, and where none of these movies existed. And just see if things would be better or worse. No. And in my own selfish opinion, I think that would suck. 
if we went to another dimension and it was me and you doing the same shitty podcast in another dimension, not talking about these movies if they'd be as funny. I'm, I'm basically going to rattle off here that basically, you know, some kind of movies, you know, were the ones that were full from this thing. Uh, Okay, do that for a second. Hello? Yeah, I think we lost connection there first. Hello? Okay. Yeah. But anyway, it's like. I love the internet. Run down kind of list of movies here. Kind of, uh, kind of will show how formative years of like, uh, watching movies goes. Uh, you can't get Trump. Dune. Expl- yep. That's God, yeah. And we're oh, back. welcome back. Jesus I Christ. Guess it, I guess <clears throat> it didn't like the uh the sixty minute time frame again because I did one recently and it kept rolling. So I I don't know. This is Well you know, I think we need to give this one a little that. bit more than an hour anyways, because Yeah, I, I just, agree. Just, just a, a lot just a little bit more. But right. I mean, like I was like I was starting, uh, kind of starting a list of things that kind of will show uh, the formative movies that meant a lot to me. And I, of course, I mentioned Tron. And the original, same here. So the original Dune with Kyle MacLachlan. Yeah. Uh, the one that David Lynch did. Uh, you can't you can't forget Explorers with Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix, and uh, there's another kid in there that never really made it big. But uh, you know. Uh, then there was there was uh, Dick Miller. He was in there. He was also in. Uh, he was the plow driver from Gremlins. So oh, he was yeah. in that movie. Uh, legendary character actor was in Explorers. Uh, the Last Starfighter. Yep, Last okay. Starfighter. Jesus. There was there's a little known one that a lot of people probably forget that I loved only because of the fact that uh, it was on cable all the time. It was called Cloak and Dagger. It had Dabney yep. Coleman and Henry Thomas in it. Uh, yep. Of course, you already mentioned Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which was one that, uh, you know, again, tied the time travel. Uh, another one that a lot of people overlook for me, Flash Gordon. Oh, God. See, I didn't, okay. I didn't really, like, it was kind of one of those, like, you think about it, but that one had great tie-in. Like, I had a ton of action figures from that movie. And exactly. just, the thing is, it, had a great it was soundtrack. a soundtrack. Yeah, oh, Queen's soundtrack yeah. is fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, I okay. can go through all that. So. And the thing is, it's like people might say, oh, that's cheesy. And there's no more cheese to that movie than there was to Star Wars. Believe you nope. me. If you look at them, cheesy acting across the board is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, there is a – there's actually uh, source material for Flash Gordon, okay? Yeah, Because exactly. it used to be a comic strip. It used to be – yeah, it was it was yeah. a serial back. It was uh, actually what they would call yeah. like chapter plays or serials before the movies back in the forties and fifties. Plus, it was an old comic strip. Here's one you mentioned the you mentioned the four uh, the aforementioned movies of Monty Python, but there was a Terry Gilliam film that you left out. Time Bandits. Oh my god! Yeah, see, that's right. Some of them because I've been going back and like. Like, you know, you get on those things like we're doing now or you hear somebody else talk about it. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, that movie. Like, oh, shit, I should watch that one. Time Bandits is one of them. You know, and, and, and this is kind of in that same loop, but not. But, like, 
Alien in 4K was on sale digitally for like five bucks. Swooped it up. Just never. It's like the whole like remaster, re-release, blah blah blah. But then again, that would have to tie into horror. Because remember, yeah, that's going to the horror one. That's got to go to the horror. Just like it's just one of those ones. Like every once in a while, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I need to add that to my collection. Oh, I need to go back and show that to the kids. Or oh, like oh man, they had some funny ass lines in it. Wonder what it's like to watch it now. Because you remember when you were a kid. We're also about to glaze over the introduction of the superhero into major motion pictures on a grand scale with the original Superman directed by Richard yep. Donner. Yep. And, and that's funny too. We didn't get that. Cause we, we honestly, we could have broken this down by, you know, we could have had 12 different podcasts on, you know, comedies of the eighties, this or the, you know, what made like kind of made us. And yeah, and I think that's one of the big ones too. Cause if you do think about it, that, and then, and then if you want to throw in the other DC line of it, the Batman movie in the later yeah they came in yeah they came in the later half of uh, because the Superman one and two which I'm I'm gonna say it I I like Superman three I don't care people can stop listening to this podcast right now and never listen again I still liked it I, I, see Super just, Superman three was that the one with uh with Richard Pryor <coughs> yeah where they made the where so. they made the baddie Superman where he mixed in the uh, I think it was like the anti smoking one because he he took the uh, the one thing he added into the element was something from a cigarette pack, so it was like the anti-smoking version of a Superman movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, come on. But so the thing fun. is, the eighties for for us as kids, it was full. The eighties were full of uh, the wide-eyed wonderment. Uh, you know, the the fantastical. You know, the willows, the legends, the crawls, labyrinth, dark yep. crystal, never-ending oh, story, crawl, dark dragon crystal. slayer. I mean, you may, yep. you may. I mean, that's. I think basically it was the fantasy stuff, whether it was, whether it was space age or like um, medieval or like you know like, like dark ages stuff like that. You know, happened in another time in another Excalibur. place. Yeah, exactly. Caliber movie, and, or Beastmaster. Like, look at that. Like, look at those movies and what those. Movies well, Mark were. Singer wearing that uh, leather skirt. The, you know? <laughs> yeah, the loincloth look. You know, kind of. And then, and then, who's to to not remember? Because I remember sweat my little young ass off out in the parking lot, waiting to get into the theater because they didn't let you in too early. Got yeah. there super early to see it. Was the Masters of the Universe movie with with Lundgren in it? Oh, and you got Rocky, dude. I mean, just to tie in Dolph Lundgren, you know, Lundgren to, to Rocky as well. Yeah. You, you just have so many movies that are just crammed into it, man. And it, and it's it's amazing to see what they did. So, and and how they do that. That's why I think it's it's kind of hard to do a podcast like this because, you know, there's just so much that, that really did it. But again, that's kind of why I wanted to go into more of the ones that were actually, I think, shifters but then you go back to dark crystal and now i really think how did i leave that off my list of kind of what made me because it was jim henson it just had all that good and evil and and you know just the oddity of it and it was just so unique for the time and it wasn't your normal muppet movie and it really got into it and i think crawl really stuck out with me as well now that you think about it because I used to find anything I could to kind of make it like the little glaive yeah. and throw it and do all that stuff, you know? And, well, and I, I knew this kid that I hung out with when, it, uh, when I was in uh, grade school. When that movie come out, uh, he would refer to that thing as a crawl, and I'm like, no, that's the glaive, you idiot. And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like well, crawl is a, a cooler name for it. I was like, no, crawl is the planet, you dipshit. Yeah, crawl is the planet, man. Come on now. And, but it, and but it think- just... 
but the thing is, it's like the 80s, if you think about it, it is so dense with just incredible movies. I mean, how could you not be shaped? I mean, when you think about, I mean, whether it was like stuff that was, you know, family friendly or just for kids, like fucking little monsters, you know? I mean, I remember that movie. (laughs) Little monsters, dude. Or, I mean, I don't even think of like Silver Bullet, but that's horror. That's Um, horror, yeah horror comedy ish but um you know and i I started thinking about all that stuff and and it's like and again you know so i'll think about it we just watched like i said i watched the zoom meeting it was josh gad got like a huge chunk of the people from goonies on a zoom call i did like a little thing like it popped up in my news feed the other day i sat and watched it and, and and i'm gonna say this it's funny because the goonies didn't really shape me more until later in life than did early in life. I think I watched it once when I was early. But it's one of those 80s movies, like Back to the Future, or some of the other ones, that are timeless in, in a way. I mean, yeah, they rode, you know, had bad feather haircuts and, and all that stuff. But Yeah, I mean, you it's know. It's just fun. My kids love the Goonies. They <laughs> love of, that movie. Lots of nylon and spandex back in the day, peg jeans and... Uh leg warmers and just ugly clothes that I wouldn't I mean you know what the 80s were not the 80s because of the clothes okay we made bad fashion choices we really did not worse than the 70s mind you with leisure suits and butterfly collars and double knit slacks but uh <coughs> but you know I mean everybody has but their fashion you know let's let's fa- I mean I want to fast forward movie wise but just take the 80s in that block and we're very egocentric about our movies i think sometimes but you know what that's all right that's our it's our prerogative we can do what we like but but what about um, what about certain people that tried to shape us as teenagers okay like what about certain directors and i think you know where i'm going with this one there's this uh, gentleman that started off uh making movies one of his first was uh although i believe it was directed by harold ramus uh he he wrote a little movie called Vacation, and uh, his name was John well, yeah, fucking exactly. Hughes. Okay, yeah. What did he do to us in the in our teen years? He wrote movies like The Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, uh, some kind of wonderful. I mean, not granted, you know, they don't in Dutch, but I'm not going to hold him on. Forget he also gave us Home Alone. Well, let's look at those movies like uh, yeah. Ferris Bueller also in those in those kind of rite of passage teenage years movies. Uh, he really pulled the wool over our eyes with those. I, maybe he was trying to paint the idealistic picture of where your teenage years could take you. Should things become rose colored, you know, like the lens through which he shot these movies? Because I'll remember The Breakfast Club. Okay. I never did a detention day in my life because I was a good bullshit artist. I could always (laughs) talk my way out of a detention or I could write a little note that would have gotten me out of detention because I could do my dad's handwriting very well. By the time I was a teenager, yes, when I was getting into junior high and uh, these movies were pertinent to me, yeah, I uh, was able to develop my my father's handwriting very well. So writing notes to get myself out of trouble, <laughs> really not a problem if dad didn't see the stuff come home in the mail. Anyways, exactly. let's say you've got uh, things like 16 Candles and uh, The Breakfast Club. You know, you're, you're seeing this girl that's got unrequited love. She's only a sophomore, but she's, 
She's fiending after this guy that's a fucking senior. And by the end of the movie, sorry if this is a spoiler alert for anybody about what happens at the end of these movies. <laughs> You've only had about 30 fucking years to try to watch them. I haven't watched them by now. It's not my fucking problem. Okay, let's let's go. Um, okay, so the Breakfast Club. You got your, you know, you got your geek, you got your sporto, you got your basket kids, you got your princess, you got your criminal. Uh, they're all locked up on Saturday under the watchful eye of Mr. Vernon, the tyrannical Mr. Vernon. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because, you know, if you mess, with, hey, you mess with the pool, you get the horns. So anyways, you know, they're all at each other's throats and trading barbs and jabs throughout the movie. But by the end of the movie, they're all friends. Now, Monday morning, when they show up at school, are they all cool? We don't get to see that. All we know is that they're at the end. There you go. There's, uh, oh my god, how how can I forget his name? I've just forgotten his name. Uh, Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson is walking. Yeah, Judd, Nelson. Judd Nelson's walking yeah. across the football field, kind of, you know, in a in a kind of a shadowy shot, and he does that fist pump at the end, and it's like, yeah, everything's gonna be okay in high school, and you find out it's fucking not. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, well, it's kind of like you said. They get back to Monday morning and it's business. As yeah, usual. it's like with sixteen you know candles. I mean? like, ain't none of them part of the clique anymore. Sixteen candles. So. You got unrequited love for that person. That's you know they might be in your grade or they may be two grades ahead of you. It's not going to work out that way. Okay, some kind of wonderful, pretty in pink. Let's see here, uh, pretty in pink. You've got Ducky. He's got unrequited love for Andy. He's loved her all his life basically. He hangs out with her. He's his, he's her best friend basically. And then she meets Blaine. <coughs> Ugh. Bad name. Sounds like a major appliance. Yes, I ripped that right out of the movie. Anyway, she falls in love with him, and they have you know a bit of static because they're trying to get along because they're from two sides of the tracks. She's from the wrong side. He's from the right side in the burbs. He doesn't give a shit because they think he's dating, and you know people aren't giving too much credit to Blaine, thinking that he'll be able to go ahead and go for chick. And by the end of the movie. They get together and Ducky's okay with it because he gets to ride off in the sunset with Christy Swanson, who thinks he's got pretty good fashion style. That shit doesn't happen either. Okay? And it's some kind of wonderful, you get the same thing basically, where you've got Mary Stuart Masterson, who is all um, uh, Eric Stoltz. She loves him, she loves him, but he loves this chick that's dating this complete douchebag played by Chris Sheffer, uh, who is. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, it's uh, Leah Thompson, okay, plays Miss Amanda Jones. Craig Scheffler is basically her douchebag boyfriend, and, of course, he's cheating on her. He's running around on her behind her back. Uh, Keith, played by uh, Eric Stoltz, wants to get with her, goes out on a date with her. Then he finds out that, you know what, they're not meant to be together, but she's decided she's not meant to be with, uh, you know, uh, her boyfriend, and uh, so she kind of goes off and she's by herself for the right reasons this time. And, of course, Keith ends up realizing that he wants Watts, the girl played by Mary Stuart Masterson, who is incredibly adorable in this movie. And I don't know why they didn't just go ahead and make it like a five-minute movie where he's like, you know what? I don't want that bitch. I want you. And then the credits roll and it's like, yeah, that's a better ending. But we have to go through about an hour and a half or so of them, you know, with all this tension before he finally gets with her. And that doesn't happen either. It really doesn't. 
Not for yeah. the most part. He's painting these abstract paintings of what could happen in your teen years. Uh, well, Ferris Bueller did kind of happen. I will admit, to a certain extent, my brother and I did get a lot. We did get away with a lot of truancy because of our abilities to write our respective parents' handwriting. Uh, we didn't need to use computers or fake phone calls or uh, you know, coordinate with certain friends to make like certain events happen, like a potentially dead grandmother. Uh, you know, all we had to do was just depend on each other to write the notes when we were absent from school because we wanted to take it down from school. And then we'd hand in the notes and everything was the better. We didn't have the insane adventures though, where we went to Cubs games or ate at fancy restaurants because we lived in Woodburn. We didn't live in fucking Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even though I lived close to Indianapolis, it still wasn't anything like but, that. <laughs> but for the most part, that shit doesn't happen either. It's just see these all these all these John Hughes rite of passage movies are complete bullshit. And as much as I love them, as much as I love watching them, they really don't pan out. So you know, everybody that up in the eighties as I did, put your high hopes on them. And you got to a point now where you're like bitter about it. Join the club because I would I would love to just yell in the motherfucker's face right now. Like, he is dead. That's yeah. right. That was that was a long uh, tear it's, right it's, there. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of that. But it's but and I think you and I we had a discussion about John Hughes movies a couple months ago. I think. Right before all this yeah. shit went down, and we started getting stranded in our houses, but and we were trying to like really discuss it, and it's kind of interesting, like how um, those I don't want to say they're timeless, like the John Hughes movies, especially your Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, you know, those kind of the teenage Wonder Years kind of movies, but. But they are still somewhat yeah. relatable, and I think some—I think some of this younger generation, because I know we had brought it up about how our oldest kid, um, one of her favorite movies is *The Breakfast Club*, and you know, you you sort of challenge it. Like I understand how this is and this, but I think some kids have that level of understanding or that level of misfit where they just didn't really stick in. Like they had friends, but they didn't stick in. And I think that's the underlying tone of some of those movies that makes them more relatable and kind of holds them throughout time. Because, yeah, I mean, again, how you were talking, you know, the, the, the dress and all that stuff, like what they wore and all those different things and, and all that. It was, it was unfortunately kind of came back now and here we are in 2020, but almost 40 years later for some of those movies. So, yeah, I mean, but, if they uh, want to be nostalgic, I think that's the storytelling. Don't, tell don't tell me yeah. that, you know, I'm just going to say it. Your daughter cannot tell me that she understands at the very core of those movies the feelings that those people are feeling based on the time period because I can't say that I knew I, – I can't say that I identified with the way my parents felt, you know, with, uh, with their high school environments yeah. in the 60s or, you know, how, you know, maybe an older cousin in the 70s or maybe like a younger person in the 90s and then in the, in the thousands and in the in the in the 20 teens now it's like i can't identify i can understand the feelings i had i can feel i can understand certain feelings but i can't understand circumstance because it's not the same i think the easiest way to maybe i think the easiest way to maybe say it is like same tree different branch you know what i mean like if you want to kind of put a weird 
kind of a metaphor out there or whatever because you know it's a, the same root but each branch kind of goes its own different way and has its own different experience as it grows and i think i think that might be an easier way of saying it because i mean and i and i agree it's like because even though bullying because that there's those kind of like if you think about it john hughes movies had a lot of that bullying aspect to them but it was kind of localized know, because, uh, you know it had to you know, the, it had to be yeah, you know, it wasn't yeah. one of those things that uh, I mean, you know. Granted, the whole uh, like the cherry icy at the mall and weird science. Granted, that that, that was yeah. I guess you yeah. could say it was kind of a viral thing because everybody that probably went to that high school that hung out at that mall saw that happen in one instance. So it was things like yep. that. It's like or you know them getting pantsed at the beginning of the film when uh, they're standing there watching the girls do the gymnastics in uh, gym class. You know they're standing by and watching them like pervs. Yeah. Imagine yeah. what it would, be, you know, imagine what it would be like to, you know, date any one of those girls. You're like, oh, we're watching girls with gymnastics. We didn't have just gymnastics class when I was in high school, so fuck them. Um, so it's funny that you bring that up though, because if you think about, uh, if you want to try, because I think we've had it might have been the same discussion, or I know we've had these discussions, is trying to like like what movies could be modernized. So if you think about the, the cherry slushy getting dumped off that second level of the mall onto them and people are like, what movie are you talking about? It's weird science people catch up. Um, you know, I think one of the things in that is that shit would have yeah. been viral, man. That would have been like some sort of <clears throat> YouTube video or would have been on, you know, whatever social media platform you would think and would have hit that and it would have gone viral. So, but the way it would have played like, out, it probably would have been a situation where they were like you know. somewhere, saw them sitting there, went up, made it look like they accidentally spilled it on them. Like they kind of tried to make it look like, oh, sorry about that, you know. But the thing was, one person would have been uh, recording it on their phone and the other person would have made it look like an accident. And the thing is, they would have had it on YouTube and it would have had hits all over the school by that Monday. So that basically yeah. it would be about the way it went. And, and so it's. So it's always like it's kind of like that weirdness and like trying to like relate and you have had that conversation with the two older kids on some of the movies like trying to like well think about like if you take this and like now put it into this and so that's I guess where you can kind of you you can kind of see how the John Hughes movies can leak outside of their decade and still be relatable but because of the time and the circumstances and all those things it was a different feeling in the that that time frame than what you really get now even though you can still have a little bit of the experience it's still ah, still never going to be the same as i'm dropping stuff so but so i mean i think you know i think those those 80s movies are definitely what shaped us more so than the 90s movies and i think honestly we can look at how we can break down the 90s when we go into a different whole different segment Sex segment, Megma <laughs> segment. So, um, and just kind of going forward things because it's going to be an interesting ride when we bring horror in. Because horror stands think, all in its own. I, I mean, think there's we, so much that you can. I mean, because it does. You can add. You can have science fiction in horror because if you think about it, Alien, Aliens. I mean, uh, you know, just it. There's so oh, much yeah. that fits into horror. I mean, you think about it. Horror comedy kind of sprang out of. I mean, there's always been horror comedy. If you think about it, all the way back to the Universal days when you had Abbott and Costello meet uh, Frankenstein, and Al- Abbott and Costello meet the Mummy, Abbott and yeah. Costello meet, uh, yeah. yeah, it's all the different I ones mean, they Fra- did. 
It's like every damn. Yeah, it's like they they, uh, they did a trio of monster movies, uh, or actually they might have done more than that. I just, uh, but the, you know, it just all gets lost in this index of movies in my head. That uh, it's it's like a rolodex. I mean, really, it's it's a lot of information, but it's like a rolodex that somebody accidentally knocked off the desk, and they didn't put the cards back in an order. They just shoved them back in in no discernible order. Yeah. So I go shuffling through, and every once in a while, I'm yeah. like, "That's what that was." Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. It's adult ADHD, but even, probably. But, but even this, knows, but... but even the ones, uh, the movies from the '80s, or like the movies that shaped us from the '80s. It's like, um, I mean, yeah, we can talk about the ones from the late '70s because you know there's a few of them. But technically, they kind of they were precursors to the things that pushed forward into the '80s that really made us. Well, just think about it because '60s was was decent with movies. But if you even think about it, and, and it's and I, I wasn't even gonna even get onto the topic or even loop it in, but think about mid to late seventies and media. You had movies and you had music. What in the latter part of music in the seventies kind of brought down the seventies? Think about the musical genre I'm getting at. You know where I'm going with this? Oh, I think uh, I think I think you're talking about disco. Disco. Disco is exactly where it was at. And it's funny because I don't know if I watched it or maybe I'm imagining things. And no, I'm not doing any psychedelics right now, but um, movies were doing kind of the same thing. And, and I think a lot of it, and I'm regurgitating, is because I've watched numerous things on Star Wars and some of the other movies from the latter part of the 70s, is they were kind of talking about how cinema sucked nuts yeah. at that time, you know, of, of that decade. And as things kind of spilled forward, and and that's and it's funny, we're circling right back around to Star Wars because it kind of just jump started the movies, you know. And you did have Jaws and a few other things kind of like trickling in, and like life was coming back into the cinema. It was kind of like a field that had just had too many of the same crop grown on it and grown on it and grown on it, and that bitch needed to be raised. And refertilized. And yeah, it needed, it needed to slash and, and I think that's where everything just kind of started like, to turn the soil again to see what could pop out. And at the end, you had little things blossoming like Close Encounters and uh, Star Wars. Yeah, and I, and I think that, that was a big jump you know, for it. Things that were taking this in, in more of a like fantasy direction because if you look at if you look at the eighties, the eighties became not it became a lot of fantasy lot movies. Of fantasy. I mean, we're talking about. Uh, like I said, that you know the princess, that uh, princess bride, time bandits, you know, uh, things like Conan, Masters of the Universe, mm-hmm. uh, hell, Battle Beyond the Stars, which was a was a fucking uh, like microwaved version of uh, Star Wars. So we've both we've both done a uh, I don't I'm not gonna say a piss poor job because we're trying to cram so much media into we should have maybe done a brains without, we should have maybe done you know, a again if you go back on this one. But think about another one. I had to look it up. And I, I remember what it was. But you just were talking about Time Bandits. Dude, yeah. the Ice Pirates. Fucking Robert Urich and... Uh, like that's another and, uh, one. And, and fucking Perlman, man. Yeah. Like, you, there was like such a... Like, I'm going to have to buy it. I, I, I hate when I get on these... We start doing these podcasts. I can't believe we forgot fucking Howard the Or like even just when you and I hang out. Oh, and Howard the Duck. Oh, my God. Yes, we did. But see, and this is what's... And this and now, is, I, think, I know some people, reasons I know some people throw Howard a little shop words in there, but I'm going to hold off on that one. You want to know why? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to say that one doesn't even mm-hmm. belong 
because there was a movie made by Roger Corman way, 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 way back before this one called Little Shop of Horrors. The basis for which this movie, you know, th- this is the basis for this movie, okay? It was a, I, gu- I guess you could call it horror comedy, which I guess is why I shouldn't even be bringing it up because Little Shop of Horrors, I guess, you know what? I'll bring it up next time. <laughs> I'll just bring it yeah, up next time. We'll do that. We'll, we'll see it. Yeah, let's 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 build, 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 build. Oh no, guess what? But you know, and I think, and I think the reason why this is a good way to do this is because there's two different parts of our psyche that are gonna get split when we come back and do the movies that made us part two horror, horror, and uh, I, I like butchering that. Should word we even split. throw Top Gun horror. in there? I mean, um, and don't forget the Lethal Weapon movies and the Barely Hills Cop movies. Oh my god! Ah, I mean, there's so many of them. But look at what it did to like personality in our 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 way we used comedy and those different things. That I think that was what was important to us. And and it's it's kind well, of a lot of that comedy that. would not stand nowadays based on people's. Like, uh, yeah, you know, the whole idea case. of being PC, lack of. Well, yeah, because that's like if you look at like Monty Python and. And like some of those movies, like Blazing Saddles, it's always funny to bring up Blazing Saddles and hear people get all well, crazy. Then, like, I'm like uh, shut up like, with yourself and like get out pickings, of here. Say, Y'all are dancing around like a bunch of Kansas City faggots. Okay, it was a different time, people. Yeah. So you know, people want to say, like, like nowadays with uh, the use of like smoking or drug use in movies or drinking in movies, it's like it's like you know, yeah. slow your fucking rule. Don't tell movies that they need to stop putting that stuff in there because the thing is, if you're gonna make a movie about the '80s, there's likely gonna be drug abuse in it, and the thing is, it's probably gonna be cocaine, could be heroin. But the thing is, it was an actual yeah. part of the, it was an actual societal thing. It was a societal norm. I'm not saying everybody did the bump or snorted a line, but the thing was, people smoked. Cocaine was a big drug in the eighties. All sorts of different mixed drinks. People were yeah. people. You know the thing is, it's like people. Ex- and the thing is, cocktails they made a fucking stuff, movie yeah. in the eighties about cocktails. I was oh, just cocktail. gonna say they only because Tom Cruise. I mean, and yeah, and it was like about cocktails. Like how stupid of a movie can you, you had make? movies I've that revolved around bars. You had a fucking television show called Cheers that took place. In a bar. Uh, cheers. So before we stop telling people, can we yeah. lessen the smoking and the sex and the drug abuse and the drinking in the movies? Remember, there is actually a generational societal, you know, reason that it's relevant for the elements Place of smoking, it. drinking, sex, drug use, what have you. Because it was a part of that era. As it was in the 70s. As it was in the sixties, yeah, as it was in the fifties, and the forties, and the thirties before that, it's like there are reasons why certain elements are included in movies, and it's because they are societal markers that are representative of the day in which the movie takes place. Another rant brought to you by Acme. People are just goofy, generic man. rants. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, and and I think that's just that's it. And I think when we get into horror. It's going to bring the other side of like yeah. where we are as people now. And, and I know a lot of people will be able to relate when we get to that. And I'm hoping people as they listen to this, like, oh, yeah, like I've really related with that movie. Or I really, yeah, this or this or this. And I mean, there's most, I mean, I watch Back to the Future five times a year. I, I mean, I'm Star Wars, it's kind of weird because, you know, the latter movies didn't take a, didn't put a bad taste in my mouth, but 
I've seen them, and I, I always go back to Return of the Jedi when I need to feel some nostalgia. But like even like ET, I'll pop on. I watch, I watch uh, Temple of Doom or Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I'll watch that like once or twice a year. People are like like you're running out of time in your years. Like no, but you know, and, and it's just like one of those like, um, I'm trying to think of like some other ones that I really I go back and I go through like Spaceballs. But like I'm going back now, and I, I mean you know especially during quarantine i've been finding all these cheap movies and i'm like oh man like i should just pick that up it's like under 10 bucks i mean i got back into like terminator um like i said i just bought alien interview with the vampire i mean it's like going through like all these movies that i've recently bought um just because i you start feeling that the nostalgia aspect of it like oh I wouldn't yeah like the other day i just you know cheap. i couldn't think of anything but i would tell you I, do. I watched the money pit with tom hanks and shelly long i mean they weren't they weren't here with me Dude. watching it but i mean the movie starring Tom Hanks and yeah. Shelley Long. But I mean, it's, you know, but it's the thing is, it's like, I don't think there's as many movies after the 80s that I can just watch over and over and over again. I mean, I can watch them multiple times, but I will gravitate more towards the 80s stuff to rewatch exactly than anything else. Even um, shit for so the Polly Shore and, years. And God, we're. We'll never be able to call ourselves cinephiles because we didn't bring up. Well, I was going to add that to horror comedy. I was thinking yeah. that as well. So okay, we're safe. Clash of the Titans. We didn't. That's another. That's a fantasy one that we. But that's we just it. Like it's, over. But, but the thing is, it's such a big storm of, of movies. I mean, it's it's like a hurricane. It throws. It, it's so huge yeah. and all encompassing that it's like you can just really, really quickly lose track of some of the great stuff in there. I'm like, I'm going through my, my digital movie collection right now and I'm scrolling through to see whatever other. I mean, don't forget. I mean, you know, on the tales of stuff like, as I'm uh, doing it, like, uh, Ridge of the Lost Ark, you had, you had had romancing the stone. Yeah, exactly. But tell me why on my iTunes we didn't mention the Hangover is in is in Russian on my on the. the I was going to say, uh, Anyways, you know, going. we didn't bring up Mad Max or uh, Mad Max. Uh, well, or uh, the Road no, Warrior or Mad like, Max uh, was a big one. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I mean, Warrior, we did, yeah, I, I think I, no, I yeah. did. I did bring up Clue. It's like, see, but the thing is, it's like I can't remember all of them that I brought it because there's so fucking many of them. I, I mentioned Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah. Oh, did you? Okay. I, we, were, we were going through so many of them. I'm like, oh my god. Um, man, the Sandlot. Like, so, yeah, out? I was gonna say that was no, it was '93. So yeah, I but, thought it was very like, like, like the Golden Child, or you know, uh, oh god, Harry and the Jesus fucking Hendersons. Oh my god, Harry and the Hendersons, dude. John Lithgow, man, that's money. You know, yeah, it's um, Splash. I mean, you know, one yeah. of uh, Tom Hanks' early movies, Splash. You know, Footloose, another one about ones, dude. Uh, you know, about growing up in the eighties. Yep. Small town would have definitely been a lot life, more yeah. uh, relevant to me, but still didn't fucking <laughs> still didn't fucking mean anything because the tight ass people in our in our uh, little podunk town probably would have never let us dance if they got rid of it to begin with. But uh, Lucas, don't you can't yeah, forget right. Lucas. <laughs> Fucking Corey Haim, you know? Yep. Uh, yes, so much. 
So I think that's, I mean, that's a, a good stopping point. And I think right now for those listening, honestly, you know, this is a great way for you to interact with us on Instagram. You know, we've got a couple posts up there where you could go on and, and do that, or you could put a picture up of, uh, or you a could movie just on your Instagram and you could tag, you know, yeah, or email us. Tell us what the movies were. You know, you can say so. anything. And I'm throwing that one out there yeah. because we almost glossed over say anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, exactly. But, you know, unlikely.bedfellows at gmail.com. You can always email us there, like what movies like, made you, what they inspired, and all that stuff. Um, you can always on any of the podcast uh, channels, especially on Anchor, where we host this podcast. You can leave comments on there um, for this podcast there. Make sure you uh, subscribe and also rank us on on uh, any of your And you can leave us a review outlets, if you want to, even if it's a shitty review. You. We just want to know that somebody's listening. Yeah, so we appreciate all that feedback. But all right, man. This, well, is, this, is, a pretty, got, this is a pretty dense we've got what, topic. I think we probably should have split it into two. Uh but but the, but uh, we yeah, also we also need to remember out, that yeah, maybe we ought to do that with like, uh, you know, the independent films that made us like in the nineties. You know, yeah, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe we ought to in our pre so. in our pregame for that one. We ought to think about: Do we need to split that one into two, and do we need to do the same thing for horror? Right. So, all right. Well, hope you all enjoyed. And again, unlikely bedfellows at gmail dot com. Send us anything, anything you want to send us, anything, spam, links to, uh, you know, nothing, no, pills, no more, whatever it is you no more Russian us. porn so sites, I, I, I swear, know. you know, I'm sorry, I'm getting sick of looking at women that look like they've been shaving their legs with a sickle. <laughs> or they haven't at all because it's, uh, you know, quarantine. Cold so, water may be over, but still cold water, I need as much hair on body to keep warm. <laughs> So, all right, guys, gals, all y'all. So, we appreciate you. Later. Talk to you.